You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, it's home, you know. Uh, I think everyone has that desire to, to play for their home state at some point if they have a team that plays there. And, um, you know, I think it's a great fit for me. I think the team's good, too. I'm, you know, that, that was the main thing for me. It was um, I want to play some winning hockey. And it seems like, you know, they kind of had the same, that same team for so long, that same core. And, um, you know, there's not, not many of those guys still here. And, you know, there's a lot of new guys and they're playing a, a fast, you know, aggressive style of play that, um, that I really enjoyed watching and I can't, be, can't wait to be a part of. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. That's uh, one of the new members of the Wild signed yesterday to a one-year, $5 million contract. Former golfer Alex Goligoski, um, who I believe turns 36 years old on Friday, mm-hmm. it's Zolgad and Declan Goff. The day after the free agent frenzy opened, we're going to talk about what the Wild did, what the Wild did not do, how panicked you should be, because I think there are some folks who are pretty panicked out there. Uh, but Dex, let's start with you. What was your takeaway from the opening day of the free agent period, where, again, GMs across the league were stunned at how much money was spent every year on this day. They're stunned by how much money is spent. This happens every year. It's it's always the it's very appropriately named the free agency frenzy, uh, like what, six hundred million dollars or something was handed out. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the first day. Uh, as it pertains to the Wild, you know, I, they got their number one target, which I believe was Alex Galagoski. That was their kind of number one target all along. Um, they obviously struck out a little bit on Nick Foligno, but I, I'm i not completely uh, torn up by that. But at the same time, because they were at the negotiation table for so long, um, they ended up kind of maybe overpaying for Kluganoff. Um, but I I don't know. I, I don't look at the free agency frenzy as something, at least this year's class, as like the Wild really, really missed the boat on a free agent. Um, it, was a, it was a thin class. It was goalie heavy, too, by the way. And, oh, my God, some goalies got some absurd contracts. Uh, as well yesterday, but from the Wilds' perspective, you know I, they got a def- they got two defensemen to replace Ryan Suter and then Ian Cole. Um, they have a depth forward as well, so that's all great. That's all great. It's supplemental pieces that they needed and, and things they needed to address. And as our banner says at the bottom of the screen, I'm just I'm trying to figure out. All right, so what's next? I should say, not even a backup plan, maybe, but what is the next move for the Wild? Because because they still have to make some additions here. Absolutely, and. With where they are as far as the expectations, center obviously remains the key position. The problem there is they aren't cheap, and they're going to cost you a lot either if you were to have tried to sign one in free agency and or via trade. Let's start with what they did do and then descend into what they might do from there. So as I mentioned off the top of the show, um, Goligoski signed to a one-year $5 million deal. It sounds like there might be there might have been a wink-wink agreement to then – um, when he's eligible to sign an extension, which is not immediately, of course, to then talk about doing a lower-level cap-friendly extension because they are 
theoretically overpaying him for 2021-22 so that they would sign him to a lesser contract that would bring down the AAV, which is very, which is going to be very key because of the Prezi and Suter buyouts, which are going to cost them a ton um, in the next three years, but not this season. Uh, then the next move was to sign, as you mentioned, Declan, a, a depth center, um, Frederick Goudreau. He's 28, two years, 2.4 million. So a very, uh, very small AAV of 1.2 million per season he's going to replace nick benino basically fourth line guy dean evison loves him he plays hard he's got some speed i think had a great playoff with the national predators he scored like three goals in, in the stanley cup finals i think when they played pittsburgh and lost and then the surprise move actually came later last night when veteran defenseman dmitry kulikov was signed to a two-year 4.5 million dollar deal now the wild went in dex targeting two forwards and three defensemen. So they came out with one forward and three defensemen. There's a couple things to get to get at here after that. One is what you broached, Nick Foligno. Um, so they were set to make him, and I think that they thought because his brother Marcus is on the wild, I think they thought that they were going to get him. They were set to make him um, a two-year offer at 2.5 to $3 million annually, okay? The Bruins and a couple of other teams came in, but the Bruins won at 3.6. Um, and so he signed with Boston two years, 3.6 million. We talked about this yesterday. And look, he would have been a perfect replacement for Parisi because he's a better character guy and, and he's long in the tooth as well. But he certainly could have been a very much a contributing third line guy, Dex. But you brought this up and I tend to agree. Nick Flynn is the type of guy that I don't think you want to get out of your league on price point on. Yep. Um, so I don't really have a problem here. Like, I guess it's disappointing to the team, but this is the exact type of guy because we have seen the free agent frenzy where the wild gets guys, right? It's a great day. It's so much fun. Bite you in the ass. So I guess I can't blame Bill Guerin for having a price point on a guy like Nick Felino, who's a character guy and yep. still a decent player. But he's, I don't think he's the type of guy that you then like regroup and be like, okay, here's our new offer. So I almost appreciate when it comes to Felino that the Wild sort of had, they sort of had in mind what they were going to pay him. And when it got out of that league, they said, okay, it's not a ton more, but we're still not going to go up to what Boston did. Yeah, I, I think it was the right way to go about it. I think that it was reported that they offered him $2 million at that two, at the, at a two year contract. And, you know, Boston offered about two six, two seven. So, you know, and good for you. Get your money if that's what you want at this point in your career. And Boston's still a very good team for him to go. I'm sure he'll fit in very nicely on the Boston Bruins. Uh, but it's not, it's 75K. And you might say, well, well yeah, the mind just ponied up. Well, it's 75K for what's going to be a bottom six person. If, if there was a bidding war for a, for 76K and a difference maker for a top six person, we're having a different conversation. And yes, you should be upset by that. Um, I think Nick Felino is a nice piece but I wasn't going to lose sleep over it either. So good for Bill Guerin not to really overpay. Um, you know, Kulikov, you might have overpaid for a little bit. He is a nice player. He was is a heavier guy. He's probably going to be your bottom pairing defenseman. He'll play penalty kill. Oh, yeah. um, he, he's, he's Ian Cole's replacement. Yep. He's Ian Cole's yep. replacement, uh, yep. essentially. So you might have overpaid for him a little bit, but this is what the wild are going to have to do. They, they, they literally have to go bargain bin shopping for the next like four free eight. Like they will not, and this might have to write this down. The wild will not sign 
any free agent, any unrestricted free agent to a four or five year contract, like honestly, in the next four off seasons, like unless it's like, or unless it's an extremely team friendly, like less than two AAV annual deal. And also then why are you extending a guy to a four year contract for such a low amount of money? Uh, This is where the, this is where the wild are going to be basically uh, crippled with such for the next four years because of the Prize suitor buyouts. And the amazing thing about what you just said still is that when Garen was asked about the suitor buyout in particular, because the Parisi one had to be done like that, yeah. that ship had, had sailed. We talked about that. But when he lumped in Ryan Suter on that day and bought them both out, which starting next year is going to cripple you some ways, salary cap wise, and was asked, Bill Garen was, if he had regrets about the move. And he's like, nope, absolutely not. It just speaks volumes to how much he wanted that guy out of the organization and his locker room. And I mean, I can't, I don't remember a case like, like we have seen guys traded for sure. I totally get that one, but to accept the fact that a buyout is going to cripple you in some ways when it comes to the cap and still be like, I'm okay with that. What does that say about the player? Cause Ryan Suter, the player on the ice still effective. I mean, I think Parisi might be cooked. Like, he just might be done. Uh, Ryan Suter's not done. Dallas signed him to a four-year contract. No. And he's 36. Full no move, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, what does that say about Bill Guerin's commitment, right or wrong? And it might be wrong. I don't know for sure. But what does it say about his commitment to clear this guy out? It really – it's one of the most damning things I've ever seen management do to an athlete. Because you got nothing back. You got heartbreak coming, and you're still like, yeah, but we did it for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is what Bill Guerin wanted. Uh, this is he, he realized that if I'm going to have to do one buyout, well, then, I'll, then you're just extending it by a year if you do it again the next year. So he just figured, let's just get it over with and rip the Band-Aid off. Um, th- and that's also why, uh, because of those dead money cap hits in years you know, three, four, and five of those buyouts, that you, mm-hmm. you, have, you have to figure this out now. Like You have to find your top-line center right now. You know, they, they've spent what I believe eight million of that 14 million that was created because of the buyouts on these three players that they added yesterday. So now half of that is gone. Um, you still need to figure out Kaprizov and Fiala. And then obviously the, you know, the elephant in the room of, of hopefully finding a, a, a true top six center that you can pair on this team. Um, so it's still going to take some gymnastics by Bill Guerin to figure that out. Uh, but the entry level contracts and Rossi and Bolt, the, the pressure on Rossi and Boldy to step in. And essentially, be day one contributors right away. Right now is being heightened, and I I understand financially that might be your best route to go, but I just don't think directionally that is the right way to go. Uh, you need you need someone in here very very that's established and get him in get him in here soon to really put the pieces of this puzzle together. Like the wild, you you can make a case that if they rolled into opening night with no more additions, that they technically roster wise are not as good as they were last year. You could make a case about that. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm curious what the next move is. What is the backup plan? You know, I, I think I still think a trade can come. I'm just curious what it's going to be. They're backing out of Jack Eichel for now. Uh, but I'm curious what the plan is. I, I'm curious what Bill Guerin has up his sleeve. I don't buy that there's not a plan. Um, I just don't buy it. Now, I'm, I could be wrong. And we don't know enough about Bill yet. Like, We've seen a bunch of moves. We've seen the fact that he um, puts chemistry in the room up there, which he should. 
but we haven't seen this move yet. Like we have not been to, to this part of the book yet with Bill Guerin. And I just don't buy that he has no, no plan um, because so far he's had a plan and it's been detailed. And when you buy out, when you convinced an owner who is friends with Ryan Suter to buy him out along with Parisi, there's no way that you're like, and if we don't get Eichel, we're screwed. Craig Leopold's not going to be like, oh, that's a great idea. So I think they've got something up their sleeve. I don't think that they're, we're necessarily going to see a center iceman come in here who is a all-star, but I think they got something coming, and I'll be disappointed if they don't, because I'm with you. Marco Rossi, who is coming off essentially because of COVID and the impact of COVID, a year of not playing, can't be slotted in opening night as like the second-line guy. Like that is a way too big of ask. He's 19 now. I think he'll be 20 by opening night. But the fact is, this is your the ninth overall pick in 2020. The last thing that you want to do is ruin him. Like mm-hmm. the last thing that you want to do is like, oh, we we asked too much. Sorry, kid. Now Boldy's played college, and I think he could step in at, at a wing and play. In fact, I'll be disappointed if he can't. But the center ice position now is the one where I have serious questions. And let me let me run the whole Eichel thing past you. And by the way. Okay. Um, if he's traded, if and when, I do not know if he's going to have the neck surgery. If he does, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. So there are a ton of ancillary concerns when it comes to Jack Eichel. But let me just run this past you. All right. I think it's a very calculated leak that you say we're out. Um, and as you said on Mackie and Judd, and I think you're dead on, when you look that Free agency has started. We have now had teams either via the free agent system and or um, trades, right? Addressing center iceman needs. Like there have been guys who have re-signed. There have been guys Mm -hmm. uh, who signed yesterday. There have been guys who have been traded in recent days. I think it's a calculated move to say we're out on Eichel because the pressure between the Eichel camp on Buffalo, which wants Eichel out, and the fact that, as you said, the market is drying up. Like, who's left? And then the last thing is the realization on Buffalo's part, we are trading damaged goods. I think the I, I think the Eichel strategy is far more the realistic one, which is let's bring the price down, mm-hmm. than being completely out. Yep. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I, I think that's that's the whole, the whole gist of this, is the Wilder saying, all right, we're out. And then if we circle back, we can. But this is now our op- – like, the – the offers that we were thinking about giving to you or the offers that you wanted from us are no longer on the table. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just a no-go for us. And I guess good on them for the evaluations to realize that this is too much, especially with the injury that is lingering, and the sur- or I should say the surgery that is lingering uh, for Jack Eichel, that Bill Guerin and their brass said, no, we can't do that for right now. But I think Eichel's camp is getting frustrated. Um, that was already reported, I believe, from Friedman and LeBron recently that th- their camp is getting frustrated. They're going to heighten them and say, you know what? I know from an organizational standpoint that you want X, Y, and Z, but we don't want to play for you. So pull the trigger on the best offer that we can get in a X amount of time because I, I, you clearly have ruined this relationship. Um, so I'm curious how that goes and if they can come back to it and it's only one of those prospects or one draft pick with you know someone with upside. Well, now... I don't feel as bad about it. I, I, I think I know you have trepidations about the injury. You have you have concerns about his character, but I do believe that you would admit that for the right price, you would be in on Jack Eichel. Oh yeah. Oh right. yes. Yes. 
And I think yes. and I think most people had that assumption too. For the right price, we we're not right. gonna not gonna get him for nothing, but for the right acquisition, you'd say yes to a trade. And we are seeing um something that's a bit odd because it's just not smart. We we were actually texting about this one last night when it comes to uh, Tarasenko of the Blues. Now, Tarasenko has been hurt. He has shoulder problems, and he's older, so he's certainly not Eichel. But he was a star player, and he definitely will be traded. But in the case of both players, you know, it's fine to try to get a good return. But both these guys are damaged goods right now. And so, like, the Blues, the Blues again, you know, day one of the free agent period opened, and wingers signed, and scorers signed, and Tarasenko sits in St. Louis, and teams are like, okay, we don't need him now. So, like, all of the the value on a player like Tarasenko, or in the Wilds case, Eichel, is definitely, if not plummeting, it's coming down. Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, Dex, on Eichel, who's left now? Minnesota, Vegas for sure, I think, would be left as well. The Rangers, I think, because it would be a splash there. Apparently Montreal. But like there are yeah. Montreal and Calgary have yeah. kick tires. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd love going to Calgary. <laughs> God. Um but that being said, like there's just it's drying up. Yep. It's drying up. And so I, I think Bill Guerin, until he proves otherwise, and you know what? Derek Falvey has, so it could change. But Bill Guerin seems to be pretty damn calculated. Yeah. I and I like what I've seen. And so I just refuse to believe, oh, my God, we didn't get Jack Eichel. Ah, screw it. Let's plug Marco Rossi in. Uh, that doesn't mean that Rossi won't one day be your top center. It does not mean he won't be an important player. He absolutely should be. But that just seems like such a short-sighted, old-school, I don't know if, if it's fair to say uh, Chuck Fletcherian, but something like that. So I got to think that there's a plan here in place. And it makes a lot more sense to try and bring that price on Eichel down. Okay, so here's my Eichel question then. The one thing that the Wild has to do, Dex, is they ha- it has to be, if it's money in, it has to be money out. You would like them to take Rask. Like, t- like we'll give great. you the world and take Rask. <laughs> the reality is, in, in my world, with a trade that will probably get this deal done, they're not going to take Rask because they're not going to get nearly the haul that they thought, in which case they would just take Rask and like bite the bullet. This is the one. Do you, re- do you reintroduce Kevin Fiala into these talks? Be- because if you're going to trade them, so let's say that you're right, okay? So let's say it's a prospect, a draft pick, something else. But like, but it's not like two, three draft picks, two prospects. Um, they're not going to take Rask. Would you include, because you've got to trade somebody for your own cap. Yeah. Would you include Fiala in that trade, strip down a bit to get Eichel here? I know it's tough. I would rather pursue other routes to keep yeah. Fiala on this team and find another center. I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, Kevin Fiala, you know, obviously wants to get paid as well. He's going to look at that Kaprizov contract, and, and I know Kirill Kaprizov has already shown that he is a bigger game changer than Kevin Fiala, even with the smaller sample size. But Fiala's put in the work. Fiala has, has the point resume to say, well, if he's getting this much, I'm really only going to get that much. I can understand Fiala's negotiation side being like, well, wait a minute here. Like, I have, I have stepped in essentially for the last 100 games and been the guy here. Kaprizov's been here for 56 games, and yes, he was very, very special. It was telling, but you're really going to pay him a lot more money. 
the the Fiala contract is just as tricky. I, I don't know what his camp is looking at. I think they're probably asking for it at a minimum of six, if not seven. And I can I can understand why Fiala wants that. So it's tough because with the those dead money cap hits, are you really going to be able to afford two five year contracts at this point? Now Fiala and Kaprizov are those two guys I'd like to build around, but then that means you can't find the center. So basically. You can't well, afford three long-term okay. contracts. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land of Lakes Legends Classic, August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic, presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The Legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment, with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee and Walkington Sioux community. Okay, stop right there then. If you can't, what do you do? Like, like if you just, if you just, if Bill Guerin said what you just said, which is, I really want to sign these two guys. I really like them. They're both really good players. What do you do? Well, then, because now, then you, then you, then you trade Fiala. Like then, the obvious answer is to trade Fiala because then you 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 would hope that Kaprizov's here for four years, Boldy and Rossi are here, and then you you use those entry level contracts to buy you time. I think that would be that's what would make the most sense. Unfortunately, I can see I can see Bill Guerin going down that path. Okay, this just hit me. Bolt the <laughs> lightning. Okay, okay. It's reckless speculation, but I think it might be realistic, and it, and it would be a two track path of how different people are thinking. All right. If, if, if you're the Fiala camp. You're waiting to see what Kaprizov gets. Because, you know, you'll probably get a little bit less, but you don't want to take a lot less, right? So, like, you want to see what Kaprizov gets and consider that sort of your benchmark. If you're the wild, and they obviously publicly would not talk about this, though, are you holding out on Fiala because you want to get Kaprizov signed because that might determine what you do with Fiala? Uh, as far as trading him, possibly, because right now he's still he's in your control. He's just a restricted free agent. Um, but my point being, because I really I think, Dex, I think the reality, unless something changes, because we, we talk about the lack of talk or talks with, with the Kaprizov camp. Would he go back to Russia and play for CSKA Moscow in the KHL? I think the reality is this, Dex. I think if you're going to get. Kaprizov signed and like end this stalemate three four years max now yeah I really think this hinges on he wants to hit the market at what approximately the age of 27 Mm -hmm. um he can consider his options then which is a worst case scenario for the wild but it's a better case than him not playing for you next season which is still a threat like we can scoff at that threat all we want but that's still a threat until he signs here so and if he's going to do a three-year contract here I wonder if you would try and then get Fiala locked up longer term to at least have some stability with a really good wing because Kevin is, um, as opposed to if you do like if Kaprizov capitulates and you do a seven year deal, now you might try and move Fiala. I I just I think there's more going on here behind the scenes than we're giving it credit for, yep. which is why the, which is why they're like ordinarily you'd be talking to Fiala getting that done right. And Kaprizov might not be getting done. Or or you'd be really talking to Kaprizov constantly, and there wouldn't be a, a report of radio silence. I think there's more going on behind the scenes that we're not thinking of 
that is gumming this whole thing up. And I think the Kaprizov factor of, I want three years. Like, I want a lot of money, but in three years. And the Wild being like, we can't do that. And him being like, okay, then I've got some control here. Yeah. I think, uh, unfortunately. That's a very confusing yep. scenario of what I think might be going yep. on. Yeah. I, I, I think the, now the more logical path is, yeah, you, you just ink Kaprizov to a three or four year contract. Unfortunately, I know a lot of Wild fans would be bummed by that because he's definitely going to walk after that. Uh, and then you would cross your fingers that you lock up Fiala long term, but on shorter money. And Fiala's camp probably doesn't want to do that. Fiala is also saying, no, I just, I just want to be paid. I want to get paid, and rightfully so. So if you gave Kevin a six- or seven-year deal you know, at six, just let's call it six, the ceiling of $6 million, when he could probably get more in a shorter term, and I don't blame him for that, that would be the only path that really works out. Because then at, at, at that point, at least when the dead money cap hits really start to pay in, Kaprizov is gone, Fiala is locked in, hopefully Boldy and Rossi developed into something, but then how do you pay them five years from now too? So... I think that's that's the route. The route is unfortunately a, a three or four year deal for Kirill Kaprizov, and you better hope to God. And by the way, and you and I have said it too, if it means a guarantee that I get a cup in three years and Kaprizov walks, Kaprizov walks, I don't care. But that might be the gamble. Yeah, that's the gamble. That is it is the gamble. It's one hundred. But I mean, that might be. But as much as you're trying to assure he's here long term, if this is what's going to get the deal done, but that's where you have to say, and we, we've talked about this a ton. We're going for a cup right now, which, by the way, I think Bill Guerin's trying to do. Like, he's never yes. used the word we're trying to retool or rebuild or, and you know what? As far as windows of opportunity, look no further than the 2019 Twins. Yep. Right we here. thought they were going to the World Series in 2021. Mm-hmm. They suck. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we'll be back with a Judd's Hockey Show, I'm sure, soon. I'm sure something's going to uh, transpire. It's been, it's been uh, a fun off season so far. Declan, do your thing and we'll be out of here. Fast shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called, and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, oh.